in five, four, three, two, one, go. We are not catfishing cornbread. This, this is, is catfishing, catfishing cornbread. Everybody would please move your phone and be quiet. We'll get through this thing. You'll be able to hear. Oh, mute your phones, everybody. Mute your phones. <laughs> everybody would please move their phones and be quiet. We'll get through this thing. You'll be able to hear. So I guess you figured out I'm kind of falling in love with this whole soundbite system we have now, and I, I've learned how to make my own soundbites. So if you'll mute your phones, you'll be able to everybody hear. Everybody would please move their phones and be quiet. We'll get through this thing. You'll be able to hear. Yeah. Does he say mute or moot? Moot. He moot. says moot. Bless his heart. He was fired yes, up. Bless, his, bless heart. his heart. So moot your phones and you'll be able to hear us today. Moot. Welcome. 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 To another welcome. episode of Catfish and Cornbread. Yeah. I am one of your hosts, Coach Brown or Chevalier. And I am your other host. They applaud for me. Uh, Coach Wiles or Clay. So happy to be here. Um, on day, it feels like 417 of the quarantine. Oof, 365. Yeah, we, um, but um, no worry, we're going to change months tomorrow, so that's exciting. Yeah, March has been an extremely long month for sure. One of the things that uh, I asked that me and Amber kind of talked about today was, how many people you think are going to get in trouble with really bad uh, April Fool's jokes and COVID-19 virus combination tomorrow? A lot. I think a lot of people are going to go down that trail. Yes, I can see that happening starting at midnight tonight. That would be great. Are so you parents a, don't let your kids out today, tonight, okay? They need a very strict curfew yeah. if you're letting them go out at all. But I know that. Are you big on April Fool's jokes? No, but you also know like I'm not a big prankster. However, that's really funny. So on Facebook, you can watch like these different types of videos Mm-hmm. And so I have found great humor. There are these brothers. I don't know if they live in Dubai, but they live somewhere. And they give each other a hard time all day long. They're throwing pies in each other's faces. They're extremely wealthy because they spray painted one of the guy's cars. They're, the One brother was taking a nap, and they picked him up by his mattress. They live on the lake or some body of water and took his mattress and him and threw it in the lake. <laughs> like, I'm laughing at these things, but I think for a second, the moment that someone tried that with me... You'd be pissed. Oh, I... My biggest flaw is that I hold grudges, so... You shouldn't laugh then. I probably... No. <laughs> you don't think... Because <laughs> the problem is, is if it's funny, that's what... I'm going to go ahead and throw this out there. That may be what's wrong with the world a little bit. Maybe. Because I'm, what happens is, people think it's funny until it gets to their their joke. Yeah. It's like we can laugh at the midget joke. But the minute we say something about fat people or white people or black people or or Christians or whatever, then it becomes like, oh, well, you can't talk about that. Okay. Well, I think that's just a little too far. No, I'm. What I am saying is I'm making an I statement for me and my own um, way of thinking is that I am not a jokester. I don't play pranks on people. I understand. But my closest friends, they, they love to make me the butt of the joke. I think I've told you this before. One of my very best friends in the whole wide world. Oh, yeah. We talked about Uncle here. You talking about the Craigslist ad? Yeah, he sold yeah. my or put my car up for sale on Craigslist. I can't remember. We lost so much um, content early on. I can't remember if that made it or not. Did that make it? I'm not sure. I don't think that it did, 
but you know, he still tells that story today. And I expect, or I would hope that people would like probably have a little bit of compassion and pity on me. No. Like I'm thinking like, this is the guy say. that's my friend now, right? Yeah, the, he, yeah, he would be he, the, no the guy that he actually emailed and said he liked me a lot. No, that's and, Austin. That's oh, okay. Sprint, but Austin definitely. Austin was um, a real smart one. Austin is brilliant. See, I'll have to tell you a the smart guys and the jokers always like my point of view. So, anyways, so my tried to sell my car. <laughs> I did. He put it in cities in large cities, so L.A., Atlanta, Charlotte, and New York City, like Manhattan area. And you can imagine the phone calls I got. I eventually had to turn my phone off for at least two days. I know. I was not happy. One of the best pranks I've ever seen. It's going to take a minute, but I'm going to tell it. We'll, we'll let this lead, lead the joke. But when we were in college, we went to a Christian school, which is North Greenville. And North Greenville was pretty strict considering colleges. But there was, you know, I was a little bit uh, probably too wild for the environment. You were but, worldly. But <laughs> at times. But one of the things, it was always fun because you're kind of in the middle of nowhere up there. And it was – um. We had a buddy. His buddy, my, my buddy's name was Zach, and Zach uh, is a great guy. One of the funniest human beings you ever really, like. You wouldn't like. It's hard for me to describe how this guy. He was either like the funniest human being ever, or he was like a little off balance, or a little both. You know what I mean? But he was hilarious. He come into the cafeteria one time. He's dressed in. He was a military guy. He actually went and fought in a desert uh, Iraq. Thank you, Zach. Um, but he um. He come in full dress uniform, and he just walked over and like slammed his plate down the table and sit down. Everybody like we slammed his plate and look at him, and he would take a bite of food like he would cram his spoon like down into his rice or whatever. And he would like shovel it straight to his mouth like very robotic, very military esque. And then he would jerk a napkin out of the thing and he would wipe his mouth like very violently. And when he got done, he would drop the napkin. Dude, he did that for like twenty minutes nonstop. There was a pile of napkins laid on the floor next to him. And then he got up very, very like dynamically in the military and walked out and threw his stuff in the trash. What about those napkins? Left them sitting right there. It's hilarious. Hilarious. Why? Can you tell me why that's funny? Yeah. It's just, just to watch the whole bit of it. It's just like you watch it and you're like, what? Like, cause there's like a lot of people who don't know Zach. I know Zach. He's a good buddy of mine. And like, there's a lot of people watching like, is this guy like literally lost his mind? Yeah. That's what I was saying. And everybody's watching. So they're like freaking out. Like some people are laughing and then people like me are watching the people freaking out and think that's hilarious. Okay. You know? So, um, but anyway, Zach one time he, he was real bad. He, he, he was a, he was like a naked guy. I don't know if you had one of those in college, but a guy that like didn't like clothes were not his friends. Yes. So he would like Zach would like uh and and he like enjoyed it. So he would, I mean he would do things like when recruits were coming in, we all play football. And when recruits coming in, he'd be just butt naked when they walked in the room, just sitting there watching like a Seinfeld. Yeah, like whatever. watching yeah like watching whatever on TV, <laughs> and they'd walk up and oh what's going on? My name's Zach. Now where are you from? And he never he he could hold he could hold hold court like with his emotion so well like he never would break i mean you would have thought he was wearing a three-piece business I was suit just gonna say that. yeah he would shake people saying how you doing where are you from oh really no nah. and if he knew somebody he'd ask him about it and, and i mean like he was just super like just unbelievable when it come to that stuff but one day it was one night there probably a weekend night or, or getting close to the weekend well it's college it might have been a weekday but we were all sitting up in the uh in one of the apartments we lived in and zach uh he put on a, I think it was a pair of combat boots and like some real tight boxers and one of like these rainbow wigs and his military helmet. And that was it. Okay. Were you going somewhere? No, no, no. We were just, we didn't even know what was going on. Again, he just do this. Like, he's like, he got bored. He thought of it. And he climbed up in a tree 
And he started making some of the noises like that right there. And you're like, what is going on with this guy? And so uh, one of my buddies is like, let's have a little fun, man. Let's, let's call public safety and say that there's something out here in a tree making a lot of noise. Let's see what happens. So my buddy picks up the phone. He calls the oh, public safety right. guy. Which, you know, God bless people who, who take those jobs. I'm sure I wouldn't want to do that job for the amount of money. But he, um, public safety, they come down on the golf cart, right? Well, we happen to get a guy um, who, you know, some of those guys, and don't, you know, save your emails if you're one of these people. But some of those people take those jobs because they want to feel that power. And that's the reason why those jobs don't pay as well. Does that make sense? Like that makes they, sense to me. But you can still send your email, though. Yeah, you can send your email. But, but they, they're power-hungry people. You know, not, they're salt-of-the-earth people, too. Don't get me wrong. All right? don't, don't, I'm, not, I'm not saying they're all that way, okay, for everybody who thinks like that. But I'm saying there's some people who are police officers or some form of authority because they enjoy being in charge. All right? And he was one of these guys. And so uh, as he walks up um, – He's make as as he's pulling up on the golf cart. Zach's making this noise or whatever. Well, you can see in this guy, this guy, um, in his face, he's getting kind of antsy. Like he's walking up and he's like really feeling. Um, I, I just want you to know that that you on that social media right now is really bothering I'm me. I'm listening to you. It's like you're not engaged though. You're really not listening antsy. with your eyes. You listen with your ears. He's getting really antsy. I'm just kidding. Because the safety patrol guy. Yeah, on his way so up. he's on his way up. So the Can safety patrol. Can you apologize patrol, after this is I, I, over? I apologize. Thank you. I apologize. Um, and you wouldn't know how. Hey, by the way, I'm on Snapchat, and I didn't know I was going to tell everybody that, but I'm on Snapchat, <laughs> and I talked. And the reason why I want to tell you that is because I taught Coach Brown how to do something on Snapchat today, and um. And don't worry, you can send me a friend request. Don't take it personal. Any of my students, I'm automatically declining, okay? There's only going to be a few people that I deal with Snapchat. I got it for basically me and Coach Brown and my wife and a few other select people to communicate because I think it's hilarious and the cameo feature is hilarious. But anyway, this guy's driving up on the golf cart, right? Yes. And you can see he's starting to get nervous. And as he starts to get more nervous and he's getting closer, the rate, rate of this ah! is getting louder and more frequent, okay? So this guy's freaking out. So he, he, he really don't want to, and we're watching him. He don't know where we're watching him, okay? And so- you, Are y'all watching him from a window? Yeah, we're watching. We're, we're all like, there's like six of us okay. potter on this window up, upstairs in, in these apartments, and we're looking at this window. All right, so he's walking up, and he, he's got this big mag-like flashlight. Well, Zach's hiding from him, like behind a tree trunk. But he's probably 10 or 12 feet up in the air, okay? And so this light, he's showing this light, and he's looking, he's trying to find this guy. And he's walking, and you can see. I mean, it is like it is like a scare. Like this dude, every step he takes it comes like six inches shorter. Like he really does not want to be in this situation because he has no idea what's in this tree. Maybe he's peeing in his pants. Okay, no, it's great. So there was like the tree is in the parking lot, and there's two cars right there, and there's probably hmm, I don't know three, four feet in between these two cars between these parking lot. So he's getting up and he's walking closer, and he's not quite to the back of the car yet. All right, so what Zach does in classic Zach form is jumps out of the tree, lands in between the two cars on the row the guy's coming. And when he does it, he takes off in like a full sprint. Like you ever seen somebody like really trying to run hard, like, ah, 
right, you know what I mean? He takes off as a full sprint right towards where this guy's coming. He ain't quite there yet. He's right at the back of the car. He's about to walk down in between these two cars. Jack, uh, Zach lands in between two of them, takes off running straight for And this is the guy's reaction. He goes, ha, ah, 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 ah. And um, when, when, when Zach runs right by him, okay, Zach runs right by him, the, the, the high pitch, like little, little wimp yell goes, ha. Oh my gosh, you better get back here. And so he turns out tough and Zach runs by him in his boxers, his combat boots and his helmet with the wig on. And uh, the guy, I mean, he literally almost, I, I, I would imagine he sold his britches. But so we start running down. So all of us know what happened. We're like dying laughing. We run down, but we try, we get it together. And we run, we're like, man, what happened? He was like, a student, a student jumped out of that tree and was making that noise. And we we're like, no way. And he was like, he was like, yes. He was like, y'all need to get a paintball gun. I promise you, I won't get you in He tried to get us to get a paintball gun and shoot him when he came back up. Well, hopefully he's still not safety, security, security. Oh, I don't know if he is or not. God bless him. I, I really, yes, we, we had a lot of fun at his expense that night. Zach, but he did. You. Zach, thank you for your service. But you uh, almost gave that man a heart attack. Oh, I'm not sure he didn't. And I wish you could. I still remember watching that guy like backpedal, like he's almost about to be in between them two cars, and he's like backpedaling away, like he's about to die. I mean, he's screaming. The lights on Zach, and Zach's just hawking it. I'm talking about ninety, ninety everywhere, just knees everything, running straight through there. And he's and he like jumps back, and he's like he just knows the dude knows he's dead. I mean, he knows he's dead. Of course. And as he runs by, he, his his voice is it changes from scared to death to I'm back in authority mode now. He didn't hit me, you know what I mean, or he didn't do anything well at that point it was over yeah. just let it, it was great around. i'll never forget that story there's a lot of there's a lot of old zach stories that i probably will never forget but that's one of them um i still laugh about that well zach if you're listening or if you listen to our podcast um he doesn't listen i don't know if he listens and i would doubt he listens okay well you need to get in contact with him yeah and tell me you at least gave him a shout out oh yeah maybe i don't even know if i got his number anymore i'm real bad i don't you do that better than anybody i know well, I'm serious. I, I, like you keep in touch with people. Like you're yes. really good. See, like I'm so I don't know. I don't. I don't think the word selfish because I'm not really a selfish person. But like I will, I will walk away from something and be gone. Like and I've tried to make it a point to get better at that. So what I try to do is anytime something reminds me of something, if I got a contact in my effect, I text them and I say, "Hey, I was thinking about you, or this happened, or whatever." Um, but I don't. I am. I think I do that well because I do believe that human connection is important, and I know that you believe that too. Uh, but I also think that I sometimes am a bit flawed in that area because I think that I'm a dynamic, remarkable, spectacular friend, and <laughs> I become sensitive when it's not reciprocated. So I can understand like walking away too, because sometimes I think to myself, gosh, I just should stop trying or yeah. not befriend this person. Well, it's nothing and it's not anything to do with, with my, with me. It's kind of interesting. I guess we're having a clay therapy day today, but it's not. It's it's not. I don't care about people. I don't like people. It's not that I don't want to see them. It's that I get so engulfed in like the here and now, right. um, or whatever I'm trying to accomplish. A lot of times, and I think that's been a downfall. Like I, I just it causes me to ignore situations or things around me, um, and it's kind of leading to kind of what we want to talk about today. I think one of the you know there's a lot of negative um, that is involved in what's going on 
It's a very right. strange time. Yes, it is. Um, I mean, it's like a time, like I was talking to my wife before, and, and some, some uh, somebody she knows had, had to go to the hospital today. And my response was, I would, I mean, I, I mean this from my heart, I would have to, death would be the only other choice I thought before I went to a hospital now. Right now, yeah. Yeah, and, 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 and so like I've never been in that situation before, like where like literally I would, I would literally have to be almost dead. Before, before I went to a hospital. And the reason why is I feel like going to a hospital is probably one of the most deadly things you can do right now. Absolutely. Um, and so we were talking about that. But we also talked about, uh, you know, that that situations like this, um, well, it's big to me. It's big for people to understand. And this this is specifically speaking. I, I was going to do one of those little cheesy videos you see everybody doing, like to promote the, promote kids and everything. Um, and, and And I've chosen not to do one of those yet. And, and the reason why is because, number, there's two reasons. I don't think we've hit the worst spot yet, and I want to be there for them when I feel like they really need us. Um, that's one of the reasons, and I don't want to seem like uh, uh, not authentic. But the other reason is because is one of the main lessons I try to teach these kids, and this is something that I try to preach, I mean, daily if I can, but is you do not allow your circumstances to define you. Absolutely. You know, you do not. The, the circumstances are going to always be there. And they're going to be some that are favorable, and they're going to be some that are not. And I always tell everybody it's like trail hiking. Life's like trail hiking, man. You got to push through the valley, and you hang out on the mountaintop. And um, and so right now, I think for a lot of us, um, this could be a valley. But there's also a group of people out there now who, especially when you talk about our kids, this could be a mountaintop. You know what I mean? Maybe they're not getting having to go to school, and that's something that they celebrate. Um, but. Either way, I, I just I want I want people to be or people that I'm impacted by. I don't want those circumstances to be something that defines us. And what we've learned here through this experience is, is that um, it's a whole lot. Like I enjoy planning dinner now. Is that I mean I mean like seriously like before we plan dinner for a long time and we we go back and forth with it right. when we're, we're really trying to control our budget. We buy smart at the grocery store. We literally plan everything out and then buy for that plan and then use that stuff, which is the way to do it. If anybody's looking, if you're, if you're struggling with money, yeah, uh, make a budget. Out. Yeah, make okay. a budget and then plan your meals out. You will save. Um, well, I'll tell you what. We, we actually kept track of one week. We just ate out whatever we wanted to. We spent like over $1,300 in food that week, that month on a family of four. Now, um, we're blessed to be able to do that and survive. A lot of people can't do that and survive. But – um, we also, we can't do that on a consistent basis and survive. So, you know, we had to learn. And so we really started monitoring it. That's when we really monitored it, uh, what goes on with that. And so like now the planning of our meals is a huge deal. Um, sorry, I just thought that, that was on. great. We had someone chime in. Oh yeah. I've been getting, I'm gonna tell you our podcast and I'm gonna tell you something. The coronavirus yeah. has been good for our podcast. I That's think because great. a lot of people are listening. My friend just sent a message that said, I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. No, it's all good. It's just interesting. I've laughed, but agreed on a lot of very interesting points. I've been listening to your podcast with clay. Y'all are both off the chain. <laughs> hey, and I love this, but I got one this morning, somebody that died laughing about the, um, and I got a student text me the midget joke. So people are going back and listening. I haven't looked. I'll, 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 um, I need to get somebody to go grab my phone. One of my uh, little little mites will come back up here in a minute, and I'll sit them down and grab the phone. But we'll go over viewership. But my point being is, is we look forward to dinner. You know, we enjoy that time. Uh, we've been able to spend that time um, together, um, and I think that's something that's kind of missing. Um, and it's brought joy to my life. 
Now, the thing that concerns me is, um, you know, my neighbors are not as lucky as I am. I got to, we spoke to them from about 50 feet away today, and, and, and um, he's a truck driver, and his wife works at a factory, and uh, the factory's not working now. And he's having, he's having trouble finding work that's paying him. Now, he's a very smart guy. He's not struggling yet. But I think about those people, and that's where my heart kind of breaks. And um, when it comes to this situation is that some people are struggling. This is a valley for some. It's a mountaintop for others. But to be frank, uh, I don't care. Uh, I never have cared about those circumstances because those circumstances are going to come and go. Sometimes you're the hero. Sometimes you're the goat uh, in the negative way. Not the greatest of all time. But, say. yeah. But like sometimes that's just the way it goes, and and what I've spent my life trying to teach to every ch- every child that I've come involved with is that those circumstances don't define who you are, you define those circumstances, and that's what this world needs. Um, so maybe there's some of you guys out there listening who need a pick me up. You know, they just need you know life's coming at you hard right now. You got a lot of things going on. Hey man, you define the circumstance, who you are, what what are you going through? It is just that, it's just that, just what you're going through. Um, yeah, I, um, I I think that you are making a great point. And for someone who was over here just recently for dinner, uh, it was great. It was great for me. I guess selfishly, I usually eat by myself. So it was like nice to sit at a table and fellowship around people and just kind of watch you and Amber kind of navigate how you respond to your children. Um, I always find that to be interesting uh, because different, I mean, I have a, a very diverse group of friends mm-hmm. and just parenting in itself is always just fun for me to sit back and watch because, <laughs> because it's just interesting in itself. Nobody I, does it like the wilders, huh? Well, sure. <laughs> I will also say in, in I guess these uncharted waters right now, I was telling a friend of mine recently, um, I don't know if you've ever seen vanilla sky. It's a movie. Uh, I have seen Vanilla Sky years I, ago. Tom I, Cruise, yes, very uh-huh. good so movie. I love that movie. The and one where he's like living in between dream and reality. Yes, and he can't figure so out. So he makes a quote that uh, he states, "The sweet isn't as sweet until you've had some bitter." Absolutely. And so I I look at this time right now and think, you know, a lot of negative is going on, and that could be very bitter. Mm-hmm. But there's some joy or sweetness, if you will. That's also taking place. Like you are excited about planning meals. Oh yeah. On last Friday, I had my sister's kids over. Uh, she has four kids. They're all under the fourth grade, and I thought, you know, I'm going to help them with their e-learning. And for a small moment, I was like, you know, I probably could teach fourth grade because my oldest nephew, he's in the fourth grade, and we were like rocking it. But then it got to like me helping my sisters my nephew who's in kindergarten and my niece who's in first grade i am not about that life so i said to my sister like i have a lot of respect for you because you're fixing meals for them while they're out of school and my sister just doesn't like fix a sandwich like she's cooking meals for them Mm -hmm. and it's something i'm not doing (laughs) uh and you're making sure that they're doing their work now while it definitely takes a village to raise children from all walks of life, I I did find like great joy in watching her navigate these waters with her four kids, watching you, um, listening to some of my other friends. And I thought, you know what? This is really to be commended because people are, if you will, getting back to the basics. Absolutely. Getting back to simplicity. Yeah. The importance of 
family, the importance mm-hmm. of what it means to gather and have these connections. And I think a lot of times we say these things, but our actions don't always align with what we're trying to, I guess, manifest. Yeah. And so I've enjoyed like, one of the things that I look forward to is when I go through Facebook is listening to parents <laughs> complain about, about having to teach kids. About having to teach kids. So I said to a friend of mine today, I think like you're getting a taste of what it's like for educators. Like we have your children, someone else's child or children for 180 days. And if you're coaching or you do anything extra, you know, you can add to that. And you're barely two weeks in and you're asking for a substitute or can you drop your child off? Yeah. Like this is why teachers get summers off. But in retrospect, I think that parents are gaining a new appreciation. Not that they were unappreciative, but just a new appreciation like, mm-hmm. wow, this this is a lot. Especially if you're in elementary school. I've always said yeah. that is not an area that I feel like the Lord has blessed me. Uh, That'll to, be able to write their own prescriptions. Uh, to, Absolutely. Uh, So anyways, I I think that in spite of all the negative the coronavirus has brought to the forefront, there are a lot of positives that uh, have taken place. And I'll highlight this. My friend Austin, uh, he lives in, and he'll probably be upset if I don't get this right, but I'm pretty sure he lives in Clayton County or outside of Atlanta in Douglasville, Maybe, uh, Austin, oh, if I'm wrong. Georgia. Everybody would please. Oh, wait a minute. Let's do that one again. Everybody would please move their phones and be quiet. We'll get through this thing and you'll be able to hear. That ain't the one I meant to hit, though. I meant to say Georgia and hit this one. Sorry about that. That was a screw up. It's okay. Austin Clay is brilliant, okay? I've always said, like, if he ran for president, I would, like, be on his campaign crew. I would... I would vote for him, uh, and he is someone that is very opinionated uh, and believes that he is always right. Absolutely. So I was good talking, for Austin. I was speaking to his wife, and she just said to me, "Like Austin has been listening to your podcast. I think that he really enjoys it." And I was like, "No way!" I, I literally felt like a million dollars because if Austin is listening, I feel like we got we, we, we got a good guy. Yeah, places. hey man, yeah. that's right. So I said, well, you should tell him to email us. A future president. He did email us, so right? That's the email, he, yeah. He emailed us, and he had some snarky little topic, like your number one fan-ish, because he can't say he's my number one fan. Because well, if he's he going to be a politician one day, he's got to guard his, you know. So, a, sure. Maybe whatever. a bigger donor needs to be a number one Anyways, fan. Anyways, Austin is much smarter than I am. However, the one thing, his, Austin has a twin sister. Uh, the one thing we hold over his head is that we beat him and his team in this game, it's called Think Fast, uh-huh. and it's like trivia. Yeah. came to our college, you win like $250 or something. I think the question was basically who was the 40th president, 44th president. I don't even remember the answer. But the joy is, is that I think either Austin's team got it wrong or we got it right before his team could go. I got you. When I tell you his sister and I celebrated as if we had hit the lottery – uh, we to this day, we've never let him live this down because we know without a shadow of a doubt, he is, he would run circles around us. He's yeah. that much more smarter than we are. But the saving grace is I, I won't play another trivia game with him because I'm sitting on top. Yeah. Right? No. Yeah. So, yeah. You retire. Um, I never understood. I don't understand why Tom Brady didn't retire three years ago when he won the Super Bowl. Right. 
But uh, Austin, thank you for listening. Uh, uh, I appreciate it, and thank you for your email. And obviously, he too. understands. It's a little sore spot with him too, because I believe in the email he originally sent. He 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 put a a shout out or a mention to that losing that one experience. Right? He did. He did. Listen, Just can't live it down. Austin, your circumstances don't define you, buddy. Okay. <laughs> I need you to focus. It's okay to drop one. We'll get him back. One day we'll get him We'll get him back to the trivia table. We'll take him down, okay? And, Austin, we'll still have you on the show one day, okay? Absolutely. Just have to go through the application process with me. Yeah, you just got to pass the inspection. That's all. Oh, me, did you see um, – and this is, uh, is going to be a sore spot with a lot of people, but did you see the Hobby Lobby deal? Have you seen that? I didn't, but I saw a friend of mine – posted something about it i really wasn't sure well i don't think so it it, so let me tell you what i know i read one article on business insider and let me tell you i'm really careful because i'm I'm gonna be honest here and this may a lot of people are going to want to applaud this and a lot of people may want to to think i need to be put in the gallows for this but hobby lobby made the stance against um obamacare because of the um birth control Okay. issue okay um and they didn't think it was right which okay I, i'm not i'm not even talking about that i don't want to get into that but i just want to say that they made a christian stance in that situation so anytime somebody attacks that i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of guard put my guard up because i don't understand exactly what they're doing now the original story i heard was is this guy went on and said something about his wife dreamed something and that's the reason but they've made a decision to stay open, and it's very interesting, and I want to kind of get your your thoughts on it. Um, and I guess I'll start by sharing my thoughts. Um, Hobby Lobby said they're staying open, and they're trying to convince everybody that they're essential because they sell educational materials. All right. And the Business Insider article that I read really wasn't a negative reflection of Hobby Lobby. They had interviewed employees who didn't. First of all, I want to be honest with you. Guys, and I don't mean to sound this, I, I don't like people who say leave our country. You know, if you don't like what's going on, leave. I don't like that, okay, because our country was built designed to change. But if you don't like what's going on at Hobby Lobby, go find a job somewhere else, all right? There, there's plenty of jobs like that who go on. So if you don't like that, and people, and, and they interviewed somebody, and what, what kind of upset me is that the guy was griping about having to work. All right, that's what he was griping about. And when I say, Okay, well, I understand what you're saying. And listen, I don't think Hobby Lobby's right by keeping their stores open right now. I'm not saying that either. But I think Hobby Lobby gets to make that decision. Um, and I think I mentioned this or touched on it last time, or I can't remember. I, all these, all, we talk so much, it's starting to run together to me. But I think people ought to be given the right to make the decision they want to make. Um, we talked about essential and non-essential jobs. Well, Hobby Lobby says they're essential. They're not. Well, I mean, who are, but, but who are we to say they're not? How, how do you do that? How do you say last week when we talked that you don't like non-essential jobs? I don't. I mean, in this circumstance right now, I if I didn't see the interview, and maybe I'll go back and watch it tonight, but I'm going to side with the employee for griping because I, I think that people are— Why can't are, he just quit? He can he, quit. Nobody's no, holding a gun to his but, head to say you got to go to work. You're right. He can just quit. He but can. it may not be that easy. I mean, you just spoke about— your neighbor whose wife is working in a factory. You know, like that's what I'm saying. If if let me ask you this. If somebody else wanted that job to go to work, I'm not, I'm not here's what I'm saying. I'm not dis hold on. 
I got a bad feeling about this. I'm not discounting the guy and saying, look, I don't want to be here, okay? There's a lot of bad stuff going on. All right, but this is what I'm saying about not letting your circumstances define you. At some point, you got to be a person of principle, okay? And if you don't want to be there because you're worried about your health, quit being a slave to that place. Quit, quit driving in there and quit well, going if, through it. What if that's the place that is the financial provider where they make ends meet? Because people aren't finding jobs today. Hey, then in your circumstance that says you got to be there, find a little joy and go do the best job you can do. Yeah, Martin sure. Luther King, right. be the best street sweeper there ever was let them make a tombstone that says here lies the best hobby lobby employee ever right but that doesn't mean you can't vent it, maybe he it, just needed to it get does that mean that you shouldn't be say talking to reporters well, maybe that was his opportunity to get it off his chest well he, I, he, I agree that you should he find has an opportunity in your, to get in your circumstances but and you shouldn't like your let your circumstances define you but that doesn't mean you can't be frustrated and it, obviously he was frustrated absolutely and, not but and when we you start know but when you the start media also Loves a good story, a good negative story. Yeah, so but, of course. But when you start blabbing that crap, this is the problem. I think this is the problem with this line of thought. And not that, that, that I, again, I agree with the guy. I'm just saying Hobby Lobby's not holding a gun to your head and say, come to work. Sure, they're not. All right, so make the decision. And if he don't have a choice, then go be the best you can be. But he can still complain. He can. I, I'm not saying he can't. I just think complaining to a freaking journalist from the business insider is not the way to handle it. Sure, you're and, right. It's and, not the way to handle and it. And so that was his opportunity. It was his opportunity. And he can say whatever he wants to say, just like I believe that Hobby Lobby can stay open if they want to stay open. All right. And that's and that's what I'm saying. The, our country, this, and it's, it's exactly the same point I was making last week. Look, I'm not saying go out and go shop at Hobby Lobby. I think Hobby Lobby's, Hobby Lobby staying open is foolish. I think that's the wrong thing to do. But I am saying if Hobby Lobby wants to stay open, look, Walmart sells the same stuff that Hobby Lobby sells. Walmart's not hiring. Huh? Walmart isn't hiring. But they're open? They are. Okay. Because if they get to sell their paintbrushes because they have milk. You see what I'm saying? Like, you get to make that decision. Yes. As Hobby Lobby, they get to make that decision. And I don't like anybody, and I certainly don't like them attacking them because they want to make the decision over health care. And when I hear it now, now let me be honest, I don't know the guy from Hobby Lobby. He may be the biggest freaking idiot this side of the Mississippi, okay? Or, or on the other side, if he lives on the other side. I don't even know where he lives. But I am saying that is his choice. And if he wants to keep that store open, let him keep it open. I don't think, and and, and if you don't, and if you think it's best not to go, don't go. And then all the people who go, all right, will learn what's best or not. Well, I agree with you, but I would also say for the worker, it is also his choice to get to complain too. Yeah, it is. So that shouldn't bother you. Yeah, no, that's not true. It bothers I mean, me because it again, can bother you, sure. It, but it bothers me he, because there's probably somebody right down this road that would love the opportunity yes, to go to work. You're today. absolutely correct. And you're so he's sitting correct. there, he's griping about his situation. It's what people do. They woe is me. Sure. All right. And that's what I'm saying with the whole circumstance thing. Look, this coronavirus circumstance is either going to be positive or negative. And let me tell you something. You, you, me are going to control that. I believe that wholeheartedly. I agree, and so, but sometimes people just need to get things off their chest, though. Like who knows? He could be a great worker. Right, he just needed to let that out so that he can go be the best I agree employee at Hobby Lobby. I absolutely agree. But with that. we are, by human nature, emotional, and things bother us sometimes if we're rubbed the wrong way. Absolutely. So I, you know, I think I said this to you probably a couple of weeks ago. At one point, I began to be a bit 
hesitant about this coronavirus and just was like refusing to do anything, see anyone and just stay in my little shell or bubble, you know, Mm -hmm. because I was reading stuff. I didn't know what was true, what was factual, what to believe, what not to believe. Then I consulted someone who is doing some work with this. Um, So, you know, like I, I get the outburst, if you will. Yeah. I, I don't, I, again, I, I think you make a very valid point and absolutely he needs the right to be able to, he needs to be able to say how he feels. And I'm not saying that. I just, I guess what it boils down to me. And I think, I think you feel the same way. I don't think we're necessarily even arguing this point, but you know, there's so much negative. There's so much negative that you really have two ways to deal with it. You can curl up at your house on your couch and you can keep promoting the negative or in my opinion, you can curl up in your house on the couch and you can be thankful of the situation you got. Um, because I guarantee you, um, somebody out there has got it worse. Absolutely. And, and if you're the person that listens to this podcast and you've got it worse than everybody, um, it can only get better from here. There's always a reason to keep on the sunny side, if you will. Um, and, I, and I think that that's important, and I think it's important that people hear that. Um, and I don't like... Maybe I'm a little touchy because I thought Hobby Lobby was in the right on that last issue. And so when I hear their name, automatically I jump on the defensive a little bit of them because I know people are coming after them. And I believe they're coming after them before this. Sure. Um, but at the same time, I don't think it's right for them to be open. That's the hardest thing for me to kind of reconcile, I guess, in my mind. is like I think that what they're doing is probably not the best thing, but I think it's their right to do it. And it used to be – that was a liberal tenant in our world 20 years ago. I don't, I don't necessarily believe in X, Y, or Z, but I support your right to believe in it. That used to be a liberal tenant. And now, I don't even hear that many people saying stuff like that anymore, um, which is a concern to me. So I guess I would say this. I don't believe Hobby Lobby should be open, but I support their right to run their business the best they see fit, and I don't want anybody to tell them how to do it. And let the market decide. Well, Yeah, that's the only thing that's going to decide, the market. Yeah. And if people aren't going out, it's not going to work in their favor. That's what I'm saying, yeah. And so they stay open for no reason, and they don't follow the rules, and, and, we, and, and, and maybe Hobby Lobby closes, and then maybe the guy don't have the job anymore anyway. I've just been in situations. Which is sad. Absolutely sad. And I've been in situations before where I've worked jobs that now I look back on it and I go, why didn't I quit? I should have quit that day because I knew that was wrong. Amen. And now, yeah, and now I'm like, I wish I'd have did that. So I guess my advice would be if the guy from Hobby Lobby that, that reported to the business insider that he was upset because he had to go to work, dude, man, hey, hang up, hang it up. You, you will be okay. Something will happen. You no, know, don't hang it up. Hang it up. No. Hang what up? His Hobby job? Lobby. Yeah, hang it up. No, he may not be in a position to do that right hang now. Hang it up. As the circumstances get better. Hang it up. Hang it up. Hang it up sure. before. Hang it. Well, listen. That's the difference between being a – listen, I'm not saying you're not a principal person. Don't misunderstand me. But if his principal says he shouldn't be there, his his principals say he shouldn't be there, don't be there, man. Be be that – listen, would you rather be a person who looks back on your life and say, I did this and I regret it, or I lived on my principal and I can stand for that? Well, I think that sometimes our principals uh, allows us to – Endure hardship. Absolutely. So this may be a hardship that he has to endure for growth, for something that's better to come. Well, fair enough. So don't hang. Can't really argue with that. But I'm telling you, if you believe that passionately about something, 
then and, and you need to make a stand, make a stand. Don't be scared to do that. Now don't don't be foolish. I guess that's what you're trying to say, right? Yeah. Yeah, don't be foolish. I'm not supporting foolishness, but if, if you gotta make a stand, if you believe it makes a stand, make it, man. St- stand up for what you think's right. You know, um, if you don't think you should be at work because it's coronavirus, say something. If you if you feel like you still got to work, go look for a place that maybe will hire you that don't have to do that when, when you get through whatever. I guess that's fair enough. You can say whenever you get through that or whenever things get better. But I'm just saying in my life, and I'm going to speak about my life, things have went better when I've made the biggest, the took the biggest chances on doing what I felt like was sure. the right thing to do. Absolutely. You know, and I did it because I felt like it was right, and not really a whole lot of other reasons. And a lot of times, all the other reasons pointed to the things not to do or how you shouldn't do this. But ultimately, I just don't think, you know, I, I think you, you know, kind of on the, on the trail, you're going to get to where you're going by doing what you know is right or what you believe to be right the best you can and not being foolish. So. Time, I think timing has a lot to do with that, too, in this particular situation. Oh, maybe. Yeah, well. absolutely. Um, because obviously, if we're not going through these troubled, troubled times right now, it would probably be different. Um, probably. And maybe he would. Well, yeah, he work. wouldn't. He wouldn't be. He wouldn't be so upset about having to go to work. Yeah, man, sure. maybe I don't know. But anyway, I get it. I get also. I'm not. I'm not acting like I don't get his side of the story. I just don't. Again, this is what happens when you start telling. I mean, and we were reading it last night and kind of review. Was it last night? You're it was last night. you're bothered by the delivery of it. Not well, so much that he's. I upset, think what ultimately but the bothers fact me. That he went to Business Insider or whatever. Well, that's part of it. But I think what ultimately bothers me is there's somebody out there that has the audacity to tell somebody else how they should live when it, and I don't understand that. Like I've never understood that. Like I understand, like I grew up in a Southern Baptist church with Jerry Gray preaching. Okay. I understand when he says things that are biblically wrong, you shouldn't do this or you should do this. Right. I can read, I can interpret, I can understand, I can learn and I can say he's correct or he's wrong. All right based on a standard that's set out there. But I never have understood somebody saying, you shouldn't do this, all right? Because ultimately, I don't, I've never felt, I guess I've never felt empowered enough to try to tell somebody else how they should live life. Well, we just don't have that authority. Well, but, but a lot of people speak like they do. People that tell Hobby Lobby they should close is almost, that's almost, that's almost saying, like that's almost doing that, right? And I'm not saying, I know you just said that. But what I'm saying to you, and I understand you can have opinion. I, there, there's, a, there's a separation there between your opinion, right, right and, and, and judgmental. I understand that. I don't think they should be open, all right? But when you start broadcasting that to major media networks and sending it out there, I'm going, man, who are, who are you to tell? You know, I guess I would say it this. I believe the truth will set you free. Amen, Pastor and when, Yeah, and when you get there, you, you're not going to ever get to the truth by trying to force people to do anything in my mind. Um, Clayton King gave a good example one time when Clayton King uh, was, I was, I told you I went to North Greenville. He came into the FCA one time and I loved to listen to him speak. Um, very dynamic speaker. Uh, he's with new spring now. I know that. Um, I, I know that's why you got that little glisten in your eye when I said Clayton King. Oh, the King. No, he was great. But anyway, he, um, he did it. He did a, uh, uh, a visualization. I don't know what the proper word is. Illustration. 
Yeah, but he did it with the people in the crowd. Like he, he like he okay. wanted to show. And so at North Greenville, there was this big. They spent like half a million dollars on this organ. I don't know if it's half a million dollars. So if, organ. Yeah, it was this nice pipe organ in the middle of the chapel when I was okay. there, and it was like this huge, uh, huge expenditure. Is you know made the papers and stuff. They built this real nice thing in front, and he said, um, and not to get overly religious because I'm not a guy who gets overly religious, but. He was up front. And he said, "Guys, we're going to view this this organ right here in the middle as the kingdom of God." And then he said, "I want this person." And he put him at the back of the room. And he said, "I want you to face the organ." And then he said, "I'm going to take this person and I'm going to put them in the middle of the room and they face the organ." And he said, "I'm going to take this person and they had their back to the organ, but they were pointing out across the um, okay. congregation or seats, the stadium seating in there." And he said, guys, he said, that, that person at the back illustrates a person who, and I can't remember his, so don't quote me on this, and if I misquote him, I'm sorry. Um, but, and I know Clayton listens, yeah, right? Um, but anyway, he said, the person in the back represents somebody who never has anything to do with church, don't care nothing about it, don't believe in it or whatever. But he said, they're moving to try to find truth. All right? And he said, the person in the middle represents, you know, your good old boy, he, he might drink a six-pack and go fishing every once in a while. Or he might slip up and say the ugly world, but he's looking for truth. He said, this person right here represents somebody who's in the church who is condemning them people for not believing the way they believe. And he said, my, um, and, and I'm not, again, I don't want to misquote him here because he's a very uh, powerful person, a very powerful position. Right. And so um, if you've got a question with it, you might want to talk to him about it or talk to me about it. But I'll tell you what I think. But he was pointing out, and he said, my kind of belief is that those two people are closer to the kingdom of God because they're at least facing in the right direction. He said, mm. this person right here passing judgment and pointing out to those people, uh, even though physically they're closer to what we said the kingdom of God, they're not headed the right way. It's kind of the way I took that to mean, and that always kind of stuck with me. Um, and so I think that's the way you should live life when it comes to all those things, and, and you should, you know, even though you are a little frustrated, maybe you should shut your mouth at a business in, insider. You know, that's, maybe you shouldn't do that type stuff. So that's a good word there. I like that. Yeah, no, he's that dude's amazing. Clayton King, amazing, amazing. He's amazing. <laughs> he's a he's so, a very smart individual. So then you should visit New Spring when he's speaking. Have out. you ever has he ever oh, told yeah. the story when he dressed up in like cut off blue jeans and a tie dye shirt and a cowboy hat and went to that real uppity church somewhere when he was traveling? Not to my knowledge. I, Dude, you got to hear him tell that one. Maybe I'll ask him. Yeah, you should ask him. About the story. I'll send him an Instagram message. Just tell him. Story. I think the church was in Tennessee, but I'm not sure, and I don't right. want to disparage that. But he, um, they, you know, it was, everybody, it was like a real proper prim church, so and so he wore, his, he wore his flip-flops and his cut-off jeans and his, his tie-dye hat and his cowboy, his tie-dye shirt and his cowboy hat um, to church and went and sat on the front row. I say the front row. Maybe he sent near the front. front. I don't know. Yeah, he said up front. And... um his whole goal was to see how he'd be treated. And he said he physically had to bump into somebody with his body. If I remember the story correctly, again, I don't want to misquote him because For I understand him how important it was. acknowledge him? Mm-hmm. Mm. And, and, and I want to say the preacher was like, we're glad you came today. And he said, no, you weren't. And I, I love stuff like that. I love stuff that challenges that, that traditional way. And again, I don't love that because it's sad, but I understand what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't love I don't love the way he was treated, but I love that he was bold enough to say, look, right. we need to stand up for these guys. Um, which I think's important, you know, but Well, it's vital. Yeah. If you are if you're if you profess with your mouth to be 
a believer and a follower of Christ. It's, well, I think it's even, I, I would say this, you're exactly right, but I think it's even more vital. Um, there's nobody who, who you, I mean, if you look at like Dabo and, and Titus and the coaching and Dabo and John Gordon and the power of positivity and, and talking about mm-hmm. being on the energy bus and all that stuff, I don't think there's anybody out there. I shouldn't say anybody. There's a few people out there, but most people don't believe that negativity is the way to accomplish what you want to accomplish. Now, I say that, and Bobby Knight's written a book called The Power of Never- Negative Thinking. Um, and you also do hear some great coaches talk about what motivates them is the thought, thought of failing. Um, so I understand that that's, that's a, a line of thought, but I, I just don't – griping and complaining, man, you know, John John Wooden had it best. Don't whine, don't complain, don't make excuses. Don't yeah. lie, don't cheat, don't steal. And if you can do those things, a lot of things will work out for you. I agree. The, um, I was going to say this. Uh, I would say the the thought of failure scares me too. So I, I could see how that could work in someone's favor. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I've told you the story or not. But right when I got out of college, um, I wasn't sure that I could effectively teach um, and teach English at that because my college advisor, uh, she basically told me in her snarky, sarcastic way that I would never be a good teacher. And I believed her. I mean, she was my advisor. I was with her for four years through school. I, I believed her. So that fear of failure caused me to go work in sales. And when I tell you it was the worst job I have ever had in my entire life. But being on that job, there was a defining moment for me. And it was what you initially opened up with is not letting your circumstances define you. And so I remember thinking, well, I prayed for the Lord to give me a sign that I needed to go home. And I will never forget. This was a Saturday morning. We never were required to work on weekends, but my boss, she said, I need you to work on this weekend. Because I had done well. Um, in the job, I, I would was imagine just, you'd be really I good. I was just miserable. Uh, so I was like, I'll work on the weekends. So I was working and I went to Chick fil A after I had already prayed for the Lord to give me a sign to go home. You know, like this job isn't for me. I went to Chick fil A and no lie, Emmanuel College, which is where I went to school, their cross country team uh, was sitting in there eating. And I thought, oh, that's not a sign. I mean, it's Chick fil A. It's God's chicken, uh, my school, Christian school, just like North Greenville. God's Bowl. chicken. So I was like, oh, God, that's not, a sign. that's not a sign, whatever. So I continued working, and my best friend, who was in school in Tennessee at the time, called me, and he said, I'm coming home this weekend. Georgia was playing South Carolina uh, in Athens, so why don't we hadn't seen each other in a while, so why don't you come also, and we can hang out. And I was like, I'll think about it. And I was like, Lord, is that a sign, you know, going home? Like, uh, probably not. I'm not kidding you. The very next hour, my mom calls me, just checking in. And she was like, I don't know why I need to tell you this, but, you know, it's okay if you come home. Like, you don't have to, like, work that job if you don't like it. Uh, And I was like, what? Where were you at? I was in Atlanta uh, at a marketing company Mm -hmm. um, downtown. Uh, And I was like, okay. Um, she's like, but you know, like that's up to you. If you don't like what you're doing, you can come home. No one is making you work this job. And I was right out of college and I went home. 
Uh, and I felt so relieved. And I was like, but I don't have a job. I called um, my best friend's dad. He was the principal at the high school where we attended. And he said, "You, this couldn't be more perfect. I have to let a teacher go. And they're an English teacher. I don't know how you feel about this, but this teacher is also in charge of the yearbook. So <laughs> you'll, have to, <laughs> you'll have to take on the uh, role too. So if you want, you know, like I, I'll interview you. It's, you know, a lot of people aren't applying for jobs right now. It's the middle of the year. So this would be actually great. And I remember thinking, this is my time to shine. You know? Yeah. And I haven't looked back since then. Now, I, I know that I'm not like the best English teacher as it pertains to like the content or the language in itself. However, I would say I'm at the top of the pyramid when it comes to reaching kids. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what makes me an effective teacher. So just an example of not letting your circumstances define you, but also like the fear of failure, how it can definitely take you off of a beaten path that would eventually allow you to make the right turn, I guess. Yeah. Like I said, in my experience, you, you, you do what you, what you know and feel is right and you do the best you can do and everything else will line up for you. Um, and, I hope somebody needs to hear that, um, and I hope people understand that. I, I think that's very important. I don't, I don't, um, you know, in this time where, like I said, this is uncharted water, um, and we're all in kind of strange boats um, with our jobs or what's going on or understanding everything around. But there is a lot of positive to grab onto, and um, you know, take advantage of it. Take advantage of the time. Um, you know, do that, do that stuff you always wish you would have done or, you know, that you, you got time to do now. Yeah. I, uh, put on my Instagram. I know you don't have Instagram, but I posted on my Instagram, anyone who would send me their mailing address, I would, um, handwrite them a letter. Uh, not because I think I'm just this amazing person or prophet, but more because I do want people to like find joy in, uh, these uncharted waters, as you mentioned, and it's been like so fun for me. It's uh, how many did you get? How many responses? Did you get? I've sent as of today. I've sent out ten letters. Awesome. Uh, and I've I written I wrote five more before I came here. So I'm gonna mail those in the morning. But it's been really good because some of these people I hadn't heard from in quite some time. So uh, it brought a lot of joy to my face. But hopefully it will do the same when they get their letters in the mail. So if you want Coach Brown to send you a letter, you could email us at. Catfish and Cornbread 34 at, at gmail.com. You email us there and um, he will be glad to do that. Um, yeah, I want to make my day. I will not send a handwritten letter um, <laughs> because chances are, I, I would say the odds are like six to one in Vegas that you could not read my handwriting. <laughs> um, so my penmanship is something that has. Well, maybe you can work on that while we're quarantined. I think I'm going to work on my typing speed because <laughs> that's what I like to do. Um, and speaking of penmanship, you want to talk about something that's went down over the years. Um, because people don't have to do it. They don't have to do it at all. Do you require? You, you don't even have to. Like, you can go to the bank and sign digitally now. Yeah. You know, you don't have to write it at all. Um, but do you require kids to write and turn in? Like, is that, is that, I mean, like to physically write? I wish my students were listening to this. They'd probably send 12,000 emails. 
Uh, yes, the short answer is yes. There are, and I put on the board like, do not open your Chromebook. They can't type. Say, if they have an assignment that's written, you make them handwrite it. Uh huh. And they're like, uh, I don't have any paper. Oh, that's wonderful. I have paper up here. Oh yes. Uh, eliminate all excuses. I don't have anything to write with. That's great. I have pencils and pens up here. Come on. Yep. I always keep a pen. I always keep a basket slammed full of pencils and pens and a piece of paper, um, which I don't ever. I very rarely. If I turn something in that's written, um, I very rarely. I'll grade it like a you did it or you didn't do it. Yeah. It's not like a. It's like a board warmer or a uh, assessment check at the end. But that's something that we don't do anymore. You know what I've what I have witnessed. Uh, in my English classes now, those kids there, since I've been doing that, some of them would now prefer to write using the pen and paper. And I really attribute it to the fact that I think that they're able to connect with their writing versus being on a computer. I think being on the computer, it allows distractions. So like they can go surf the web and see what other people are saying, that it's not an accurate reflection or portrayal of the message that they're really trying to send as much as them trying to finish the assignment versus eliminating the uh, technology device. They have to connect with the prompt themselves. And I, it's been like great I, because I found that those kids who now have, when I give them the option to do either a Chromebook or pen and paper. The kids who write on paper, they bother me literally um, within the hour to see if I've read their responses yet. <laughs> um, I have a kid to this day, like even now that we're digitally learning, he'll send me an email. Like if he has poured his heart and soul into a prompt or whatever, like he will send me an email or if it's during my office hours, we can have a Google Hangout meeting. Uh, and the first thing he asks is, I need you to go ahead and read my writing and tell me what you think. Uh, so th that's great to see. Yeah. Well, I think that about wraps it up for uh, this episode of Catfish and Cornbread. If you want to email us, don't forget to do that at catfishandcornbread34 at gmail.com. Yeah. And we will look forward to seeing you. Oh, there. wait. I have another shout-out, though. Sorry. No, I need good. to do this. Uh, so a great college friend of mine, Teak, uh, he has started listening to our podcast. And so I think he has some ideas that he wants to share uh, to bring a little bit more. I don't know the word I'm looking for, Teak, so forgive me. I'm going to say flavor to our uh podcast so t thank you for listening send me your email i can't wait to get your feedback on this particular podcast and uh i hope you're well so thank you to all of our listeners we appreciate you yep y'all have a good time and until we see you we're gonna record again what's today tuesday today is tuesday we'll talk about it all right, so we'll have a uh, hopefully another one dropping. We'll try. We went up to like two a week, pretty much, when this whole thing went down. So hopefully, we'll try to keep that pace moving forward. Otherwise, you guys have a great one. Until next time. <laughs>